Today's episode is brought to you by Kindred.com. Kindred partners with local churches everywhere to make smart giving a possibility with a simple tap, click, or text. It is a beautifully simple concept. I love the ability to give with my phone because it allows me to be generous even when I don't have cash on me. Uh, because let's be honest, I never have cash on me. With Kindred.com, it takes that element completely out of the equation and it unleashes generosity in your people by making it as convenient as possible to give. Here's how it works. If you want to give by text, you simply send a text to your church's giving number. And the first time, they'll reply with a secure link to register. After that first time, all you have to do is text the amount you want to give and you'll receive a confirmation. Kindred also allows you to embed a smart giving button on any page of your website, and you can set up scheduled gifts to occur on a weekly, bi-weekly, or monthly basis. So it really is user-friendly for the people in your church, and it also works on the back end as well. With their powerful tracking system and fast end-of-day transfers, Kindred works hard to make it just as easy on churches as it is for their givers. To find out more about how Kindred can help you and your church, visit kindred.com and unleash generosity in your church. For our listeners only, enter code SHEEP during sign up for your first month free. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Leadership Podcast, the podcast where we talk to people who are good at what they do to inspire leaders to get better. Folks, my name is Jared Hogue, recording all the way from Boston, United States of America, Massachusetts. That's the incorrect order. And I'm joined with the one and only Roman, father of one, Johnson. Hey, everybody. It's great to be here. I am recording all the way from the heartland, Tulsa, Oklahoma, right in the middle of the country of the United States of America. It's great to be here. Hope you're having a wonderful day of the week, whichever day of the week you happen to be listening to this. Roman, it has been insanely cold up here in the frigid Northeast. Jared, you're uh, always days. complaining about the cold weather. All right, if you didn't want it to be cold, you should have moved up to Boston. That is true, but I hear you're having like 60 degree weather here at the beginning of March. Uh, yes, we definitely are, and it's so much better than Boston. Ha! In your face. <laughs> uh, but like we've said many times before, this is not a podcast about the weather. Okay. No, Jared, we not. gotta stop talking about the weather on this show. <laughs> This is ridiculous. This is just plum ridiculous. Oh, man. Uh, Roman, this is episode 57. Episode 57. Uh, last week on episode 56, we had the one and only Carrie Newhoff on the episode talking about his new course, The High Impact Leader. If you missed it, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to it because honestly, the first half of the half of the episode, we didn't really even talk about the course. Um, great, great stuff for being a young leader. Highly recommend you go back and check that out. Uh, but today, Roman, we've got a brand new interview. Brand new. Hot off the press. Uh, and it's actually yet another interview that you have done with a good friend of ours, uh, John Mitchell. Tell that, us, uh, tell us right. a little bit about what you, what you and John talked about. Oh, love John man, I love John Mitchell. He is just a peach. I tell you what. <laughs> Uh, no, we had a great conversation. Um, just, you know, my, my fourth or fifth interview. I don't know. Uh, one of these, it was, it was great. We talked about, um, so he has a, a company creative audio lab, uh, here in yes. Tulsa, Oklahoma. We have, uh, all of our rap songs that we've ever made, uh, we have produced at creative audio lab. So we have had a relationship yes. with them over the years. Um, and they do tons of amazing creative work. And I talked to him a little bit about, uh, the business side of things. Um, you know, typically, uh, if, if I was doing the interview, I'd talk, you know, creative stuff. But no, we got into business. All right. We talked about Come the on business now. side. But we also uh, talked about 
the vision of his company and how like he was 10 years into Creative Audio Lab and he was like wondering why he was doing what he was doing. Like what did God put him here to do? And so he just last year kind of made a shift in the vision of his uh, of his company. And the cool thing was that he brought his employees. He has, he has I think, four, maybe four or five employees. He brought them all into a room and they got out a whiteboard and they were like, hey, what do we want this thing to be? He didn't just, I thought it was super interesting that he didn't just go off by himself in a, you know, like uh, some sort of cabin by himself somewhere and like dream by himself. He, he got his employees along for the ride and dreamed together about where the future of the company should go. And so we talked a little bit about that and it was, uh, it was a great conversation. I think there's a whole several podcasts right there in just that one thing of bringing the team together to line out the vision for the future. Uh, you want people to buy in, give them ownership of the vision just like that. That's some great stuff right there, man. Uh, that's some really, really good stuff. But Roman, before we get to your interview, we've got to remind everybody that this episode is brought to you by creativesheep.org. And we've got all your custom and pre-made video needs over at creativesheep.org. Head over there, check out our Easter collection. We know Easter is right around the corner. The highest attended weekend of church all year long. So make sure you swing by creativesheep.org to, to take care of all your video needs for that weekend. We've got countdowns. We've got openers. We've got illustrations over there for Easter and a brand new piece we've been working on you're going to find over there. So check it out at creativesheep.org. Roman, I think without further ado, we should get to your interview with the one, the only, John the Drummer Mitchell. We are on location today at the one and only Creative Audio Lab in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and our guest is uh, someone that I've worked with quite a bit, uh, been friends with for, for a while and someone who I highly respect. It is John Mitchell is on the show today. John, thanks so much for joining us on the Leadership Podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's awesome to be on. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited about this conversation. Uh, so you you own, operate Creative Audio Lab. And just in a nutshell, what does Creative Audio Lab do? So we offer three types of services. We do uh, custom music uh, creation for commercials and uh, things like that. Um, corporate videos, we do... Uh, mixing and sound design for those same products. And then we also do on-location uh, capturing for film and like commercial shoots and stuff like that. Definitely. So how long has Creative Audio Lab been in existence? Now? We are 10 years old 10 this years? Year. Yeah. Did you do like a little celebration or a party or anything to celebrate? <laughs> I mean, nothing? We did nothing. What? <laughs> we actually were talking about, we're, we like, we've got to... We're now almost to 11 years, so we're like, okay, 11's going to be huge. we got to really blow it out. Um, <laughs> nobody, nobody, nobody cares about 11. you got to do 10. It's a yeah, milestone. It was kind of one of those bad – it was just like bad timing uh, on a bunch of stuff. But, yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to try and celebrate. Uh, it's still on the books. Yeah. We're going to put something in there. <laughs> good. Good. I'm looking for – hopefully I'll get an invite to yeah. the 11-year oh, yeah. You'll be there. Celebration. Yeah. Um, so you've been going for 10 years. Uh Learned a thing or two along the way, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. And uh, just talk a little bit about uh, what's the journey been like to this point. You're 10 years, almost 11 years in. And uh, how did you how did you get into starting a, uh, I mean, was it a clean? Just like, I, I want to start this thing. I started it and it worked. Tell us a little bit about the journey to, to this point. Yeah, yeah. So specifically with, I mean, this business, Creative Audio Lab, um, it's been... Uh, when I jumped in, I, I, it was very small. So it was, yeah. you know, people always ask, you know, Hey, when you started 
were you, did you, was it like a startup? Did you get funding? Did you get, it was just, I mean, it was like as, as tiny of a tiny of a company as you can imagine, imagine a lawn business or something. I mean, that's, that's what it was. I had a certain amount of equipment I had, you know, acquired over a couple of years and, um, began to sort of work with, uh, people in the, in the different, um, uh, the different people that I knew that were friends of mine that were producing stuff. And it was like, Hey, I'll help you out with that project or whatever, you know, for free. Yeah. And, uh, and so eventually, um, came to a point where I just decided, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to actually go out on my own. I was working for a friend of mine at the time and he actually encouraged me, uh, to, uh, to jump out and just, man, if you, if you start your own business, I'll, I'll use you as a resource. Um, but you should probably have your own business because you care way more about audio than I'm ever going to care about audio (laughs) were his exact words. And so, um, so I jumped in and literally just rented a tiny little space and it was scary and, um, but you know, the clients started, started coming, coming along. I made some good connections, uh, did a lot of work for free, you know, just to establish relationships, those types of things is pretty standard. Um, but yeah, just kind of started building a name and, um, and then it just grew real steadily. Uh, there was, there was not any debt, uh, wow. along the entire process. So that was, you know, people talk about debt versus no debt. You know, um, I think there's different ways to do it, but specifically with me, it was just kind of total grassroots, like from the ground up. So that's super inspiring because I mean, people think a lot of times, especially you think of a studio, an audio studio, there's, I mean, gear, there is all kinds of stuff that you think I should buy this before I start. Right. Uh, but you didn't approach it that way. No, it was very, uh, uh, I had accumulated some equipment, so I, d- I did have essentials that I needed. I mean, I had a little, I had a computer, I had software, I had, you know, a, a couple mics and some stuff that I could use. But yeah, I just kind of used what I had. And as money came in, just, you know, it was like a never ending uh, list of things that, oh, I really want to get that. I really want to get this. Okay, well, I can only get this. So let's get this. And yeah, and then built the equipment list slowly. So that's good. So how many uh, how many people do you have working for you now here? So right now there's five total employees of, of Creative Audio Lab. That's awesome. Um, we have uh, one of those is our uh, is a girl who helps with our accounting. So, yeah, there's technically four of us are here all the time. That's awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm curious. When did you, what was the, do you remember the moment you first became interested in music and thought this might be something that I can pursue or or audio? Was it music? I imagine it was probably music first versus, versus like sound mixing and stuff like that or how did it go? It was, yeah. Um, I was always interested in music from really, I feel like some of the first, uh, I don't know, little flickers of light for me were like in band yeah, or in, you know, in school, just being in, in, um, just really enjoying music and thinking, man, this is like, I would, I just want to, I would love to learn how to do this or how to write. Um, you know, I had a big interest in orchestral music and, um, and, and just a background in that. And then I ended up getting an opportunity, you know, at about 15, uh, years old to play in an actual band, like a, like a rock band or whatever. And, um, that was the whole other side of the picture. So I got like kind of the concert band, like orchestral music, loved that. And then I got sort of the other side where you kind of write your own music. And I was, a, I played drums in this band called Adore. And, um, 
for four or five years played with guys that were like older than me, quite a bit older than me, and and what I thought were, were the epitome of coolness at the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, can you can we find a door anywhere on like the internet? Oh, is it is it anywhere anymore? Because I I listened to a door uh, <laughs> and. Uh, Whit George, who was on our podcast a couple times, was the lead singer. Right. And there was, I mean, the, the songwriting really was amazing. Uh, it was awesome music. Um, and I, I just, it, do you know if it's anywhere? I, I don't know of it being anywhere. I feel like it's been sort of like a purge yeah, I on know. purpose. Like somebody it's so sad, out there. I know, I know it's definitely on some people's hard drives or computers. It's gotta I, be I had somewhere. an album. I know I have an album somewhere. Um, so maybe we'll try and find it and put it on the show notes. That'd be, that'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's purposefully purged and that we, then we probably shouldn't, but I think it's awesome. I thought I mean, it was great yeah. when I was in it, but what was the best, what was your, like from that whole experience of playing in a band, what was your number one takeaway? Like what, what did you, man, what was I, the most valuable? I felt like honestly, one of the most valuable things that, that happened to me or, or uh, that I took away from that whole being in a band with those guys specifically um, was, I mean, I was a developing musician. I mean, I was fresh, 15 years old, 14, 15. I mean, and I played in that band uh, till I was 18. And so really formative years, musically formative too. I mean, you're, you're kind of like a lot of your interests and what bands you like and all that kind of stuff was totally depicted to me from those guys. And, um, and, but ultimately the idea of taste of just musical taste. I feel like that was probably one of the most valuable things that, that I pulled out of that. The, the leader, Wit, you mentioned Wit. Um, he was the lead singer of the band, and, and he was very creative guy, very um, um, just musically knew what he wanted. And I remember sort of a funny thing that's a good example of this. Uh, at one point, he, we were at rehearsal, and he literally told me he didn't want me to play a single fill the entire rehearsal. He's like, and for a drummer, yeah, for a drummer, I mean, you're kind of just like, you know, a lot of guys, maybe you're just like, it's all about the next fill. It's like, what can I do, you know? And, yep. and at that point in my life, that was pretty formative for me. Wow. So it was like, wow, okay, really, what I need to be focused on is what, what's the groove? What, like, am I, am I nailing the vibe of this song? And that way, I don't, you know, I'm way more focused on that versus uh, what fills can I throw in? And so. That idea kind of yeah. across all music, not just drums, but, you know, parts and melodies and all that Definitely. stuff was pretty formative. Almost like a uh, maybe a less is more yes. approach yep. in, in some aspects. Yep. Um, you mentioned personal personal taste. Uh, I, I'd like to dive in just a little bit on that because I think sometimes personal taste and, and excellence are pretty closely related, uh, at least in some people's minds. How, how do you... Is there a differentiation to you? Do you even think about it? it first, let's start with this. What, is, what does excellence mean to you? Because obviously Creative Audio Lab does things with, that, with excellence. Um, I mean, anytime we've ever worked with you, it, you've gone above and beyond. And I know you, you strive to do that on every project. So what, is, what does that mean to you? Man, um, excellence to me really, really means uh, not settling for the status quo. And that can be in in any area. It could be in um, in uh, let's see your workflow. Um, so okay, this is how we've always done it. Well, let's change it up. Yeah, like let's that might not produce the best thing in a creative scenario. Um, or it could be just you know pushing yourself with the level of production that you're doing. I mean, when you're producing sound and you're producing. 
a mix or you know uh, some some audio product there's really nobody except for culture as a whole that's judging you in terms of i mean the client they're not going to have the ear that you have um so they're just trusting you yeah. okay this sounds good you know um you know and i mean it, it, culture as a whole kind of decides what's cool and what sound you know what's hip and things like that so i mean you can take influence from that but i think excellence to me is just continuing to push yourself and not settle for um just like uh man what's the word i'm looking for like um not settling for the same process every time mm. it's not a cookie cutter process like excellence is never cookie cutter to me it's always pushing for that that next um you know even if it even if you are like you run a factory or something and you just produce a product well there's still going to be ongoing looking at that product and making it absolutely be produced the best way it can be you know efficient efficiency comes into play and all those kinds of things so um but for us creatively you know creative excellence is is all about you know pushing pushing the level on every project that's awesome uh i'm curious if there's maybe an example or something um that early in your career because a lot of times people equate excellence to big dollars and lots of equipment, lots of gear. You need the nicest, the top of the line stuff. How did you operate in excellence when you were just starting out, and it was just you and maybe a computer and some some essential gear? Yeah, great question. <laughs> um, man, I, it's hard. I, I'm just trying to think back. Uh, I feel like it was just. It was all about. Um, it was all about really leaving your ego on the sidelines a little bit and and being willing to push you know uh push hard for somebody else's vision you know because a lot of times you're working with clients you're working with people yeah. and 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 essentially they're they're on the line for what what you're producing so they're trying to push you and um I think a lot of guys maybe could get sidelined uh in that process of just kind of getting feeling like um well, you know, maybe getting their feelings hurt a little bit with someone yeah. critiquing their work or something, but it's like, man, you need that critique. If you embrace that critique, um, then that's really you being excellent because, and you striving for excellence because it's not about you, uh, you know, making what, what, what you think is absolutely best. It's about how are you serving that person's vision wow. how are you serving them the best and and it you know unless unless you're making an album or you're making something that is for you but if if you're if you're serving for me you asked me what it was for me and i think that's really what it was for me at the beginning was allowing myself to be inspired by their excellence or someone that's further down the road than me and they're requiring me to come up a level or and, yeah. and just pushing myself finding that next piece of software finding that next plugin finding that that newest thing that's like this is going to make it even better um and I'm, i can't wait to use that on their project you know or show that to them or um so it's operating from a from a servant you had a servant's heart in in exactly. the deal yeah um that's huge <laughs> i know i've been um with with clients I've I have not been the best I'm sure I've I've gotten frustrated and I think everyone does oh, yeah. uh, when working with clients and um how, how just talk a little bit about how 
when you are working with a client and and maybe you don't agree with the feedback, or I'm sure there's been times when you think uh, they're wrong, yeah. and but you have to you have to power through and and make it happen. Does that ever frustrate you about this process, or or, or is it just part of the process for you? How's that work? Yeah, man. Um, that's a great that's a great thing to to really. Uh, nail down on it it's I've kind of I've kind of experienced both sides of like a, like almost like a negative and a positive of that of that very thing so the negative would be I voice a lot of like man they don't they just don't understand and they don't um you know they don't know what they're talking about and then that plays into like the morale of our team and right. like people start like yeah they don't know and blah. like they start getting all defensive of work and stuff like and then we have to go and say whoa whoa like we can't be that way. We have to serve. Like we have to take care of these people. And that's really where uh, the life has to come from. And and that's where, you know, we're going to be able to continue as a company is where they sense our servant's heart. They sense that we, it isn't all about what we think it's about serving them. And so there are two different sides there. Um, I would say, you know, in my experience, um, I think as you serve someone and as you really, uh, like dive into like, man, I want to make this what they want it to be. And, and I, and, and I know there's things that I may not agree with. There's, there's, I'm going to have to take their feedback and they don't really know as much about what they're doing as I, as I know about it or what they don't know as much about what I'm doing as, as I do. Um, but if I serve them well and I bring great ideas and I just bring, bring my whole, whole heart to the project, you know, um, eventually I'll gain influence with them and eventually i could come to them and and reach the point where they would be like what do you think and Mm -hmm. then and then like you know you establish that relationship and eventually you get to a point where people just are like yeah he knows what he's talking about Mm -hmm. you need to listen to what this guy says because he's really good very interesting so in my experience that's been the evolution is at some you do have to serve someone else's vision right but eventually that gains you influence and then you do have more say yeah so i think about um directors movie directors like uh, i don't know if uh, anybody listening is follows the movie business or anything but basically when when directors first start out they have to they have to do everything the studio says and they the studio is giving them tons of notes and they're probably super frustrated um and but once once they make a name for yourself once once you're steven spielberg or, or or martin scorsese they don't really i mean they can give notes but they pretty much have autonomy with making their movie because they've built that trust and they know that yep. they have a track record. Um, man, that's super important. Um, so I'm curious when, so you've done a lot of client work. Um, have you balanced that with doing your own kind of your own work to, to stay? I, I know that client work is, is, is you, you enjoy that, but do you find that you have to balance it with your own work making things for yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, that's a big initiative of what we're doing right now. We, we've kind of, uh, about two years ago, we, we sat down and realized, you know, um, our market and our, you know, kind of where we're at and as a company and what we can provide is, we just did a, a kind of a hard evaluation of like, okay, what's really the future here? And, um, and we've had some success with like, like product-based content like stuff we produced we, we have a product called the christmas story and uh it's it's church on the move has used it like a, a ton and so we ended up um developing that into a product and we're able to sell that to other churches and and that idea really was like 
something that interested me a ton. Um, and being in a service-based industry, like where, you know, we're just billing hours, it's like, you know, studio time, you know, there's obviously a natural cap to how much you can, you know, you can grow your studio, you can grow your, your people, you can add more suites, you can, you know, build more hours, but it's not necessarily exponentially grow, you know, exponential growth. It's, it, it has a cap of what you really can manage and, and, and do in a, in a given week. And so our team really sat down and said, man, you know, we, we love what we do and, and, and this has gotten us to this place and it's awesome. Um, but man, how could we get into a scenario where maybe we would have a little bit more control over our time and, and be able to have a little more say about let's work on this because we, that's what we want to do. Um, and that scenario for us was, was what birthed the idea of music from the lab, which is, um, a, a music licensing platform that we literally just launched a couple weeks ago. And, um, it was two years in the making. I mean, wow. uh, and, and, but that idea is really kind of our attempt to go, you know, Hey, we, we love, we love our background. We love where, where we've come from, but we also know that like service based hourly work is not where we want to like live for 40 years. So if we want to exist as a company 40 years from now, yeah. how's that going to happen? And, and so, um, I'm curious what, what does like, what does 40 years from now creative audio oh, look like? Uh, golly, maybe I should have said 10 years, <laughs> 10 years, we'll get 10 years. Yeah. 10 years, man, I would say, you know, 10 to 20 years. I, I really hope that, um, that music from the lab is actually able to, to replace a lot of our needed income and, and cover our overhead. If that's, if we're able to grow that platform to that point, um, it's gonna, the platform would also help us with creating a culture, which is something we're really, we feel really strongly about, um, creating a culture of artists who love to work together to create great music um and and really like so into each other's lives a lot more than just like oh i know this guy from la and i go out there and record with him for like a week but it's more like we become a little bit more of a close-knit family where you know uh we're it's not just about working together it's about meeting needs it's about you know talking about life and and sort of it being a little bit more um even ministry oriented, I would say is, wow. is close to my heart. So, um, but yeah, man, the goal would be for music from the lab to, to grow to a point where it can sustain the workforce of creative audio lab, um, you know, more times over <laughs> than needed. Um, and, uh, and then from that point, allow us to have the flexibility to take projects that are, you know, like we'd still do post work, we'd still do, um, you know, sound design and, and mixing and custom music and things like that, but really be able to go after the types of products, projects we really want. Absolutely. And, and not be, not have to be just so dictated in terms of, we've got to take it because we've got to make this money. So, right. Yeah. And I want to jump back a little bit. I, I want to talk more about, about how music from the lab kind of came to fruition, but I want to jump back to something you said. Uh, is you did a heart check on your company and how, how many years in was this? This was eight, nine years. This would have been, yeah, eight or nine years, eight or nine years in, which I think is super important in and of itself, but you didn't just go in a room by yourself and like, Hey, where's this thing need to go? Why did you bring your employees in on the mix with that? Yeah, that, that kind of speaks probably to maybe just the way our culture has, has evolved here. Um, uh, let me say this, like probably around four or five years into the company, I, I began to realize that this was not about me. It, like, and I think, you know, maybe that had to do with a little bit how old I was or, you know, I was coming into my 
late twenties or whatever. Um, but at some point, you, you know, you reach that, that point where you're like, what, what are we doing all this for? <laughs> you know, like right. what, what's the purpose of this? And now, was uh, that like, was that like, um, I mean, were you personally struggling with that? Like why, like I've built this thing, but it's not doing, uh, was that hard? I mean, yeah. was it like you're, was it rocking your world or was it just like, I think we should take a look at this. Or was it like, man, I, I don't know where this thing's going or, or talk a little bit about that. Honestly. Okay. So, so, um, what, what got us to that point was I did reach a point at four or five years in the company where I, I began to realize that this, this was about building a team. So that idea for me framed why the employees would have been in the room in year eight or nine, if that makes sense. Yep. So, um, we began to develop our culture that way where it's like, guys, this isn't just that you're not just working for John Mitchell. This isn't, you know, all about me. Like, what do we want this place to be? Because honestly, for you to take ownership and you to really sew into this place, uh, like you need to have some stake. You like, you need to know what we're fighting for. You need to have some say in that you need to, you know, um, what do we see creative audio lab being in the future? Uh, and and let's all get on the same page and let's fight for that. Like, let's go after that. So um, that was really, yeah, that's where Music from the Lab really birthed was like a conversation that was kind of a blue sky day or whatever. Yeah. We're just kind of like, let's really kick back and what would be the coolest scenario in the world? Yeah. Because like, we can, we have the ability to like go after that as a company. I mean, it's just five of us here or whatever. And so... Um, and that that blue sky day, a lot of the thoughts thrown out were definitely musically related. It was like everybody here is a musician or an artist in their own right. And so um, it was like, man, if we could just be producing music all day long and like honestly produce the kind of music that we want to produce that like would have a place in the market and people would want to buy it. Like, um, you know, if we could make collaboration a big part of what we do, you know, in our culture and build this culture. I mean, a lot of the ideas that were talked about that day was, was really, were very formative in, in sort of, okay, we need to produce, or we need to create a music licensing platform. So that, yeah, that was a big, yeah. that was kind of a big turning point for us. It, it seems as if, um, it was, it was a mental shift at that point And we began to go, okay, that's where we're headed. Um, but we can't go there yet because we don't have any, we're not making money off music licensing yet. So we knew that that was going to be a process we'd have to walk through over the next several years. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about that yeah. then. Like you see this thing, it's like, I think that's where we need to go. Uh, but a lot of people see a thing and, and they see that's where I think I need to go, but never, never get there and lose their way along, along the path. How, how did you stay? I mean, not, not that, you know we've launched it and it's completely done. But like, how did you get to this point? Because we can have a lot of ideas. A lot of people have ideas. I have had ideas that I think I want to take action on, but they never happen. Sure. You had this huge idea. I mean, music platform is not an easy thing to execute, sure. especially the way that you have done it. Uh, which if you, please right now, while you're listening to this, if you have the ability to go to musicfromthelab.com, check it out. It is an awesome, awesome site. It has some amazing music. Uh, we'll get a little bit more into it, but, so how did that come about? Man, um, I feel like that's a super loaded question for, for me, especially right now. Um, but I, without trying to like super play the spiritual card, like yeah. it, it, this was really all about for me finding the purpose, uh, the real purpose. Like when I say purpose, I don't just mean 
like what's going to fulfill me. I mean, like, what am I called to do? Like, what has God put me on this earth to do? And, and why has he given me the connections and the talents and the gifts that he's given me? Like, there's a purpose that's not, it's bigger than just like me getting a paycheck and me putting my kids through college. There's something that's more meaningful. It's like eternal value. You feel like you found that? I do. Yeah. And it, I wouldn't say that it was by, <laughs> by my own smarts or anything like that. It was really by the grace of God and just being willing to kind of continue to, to follow him, to trust him. Um, but but let me step you through it. I'll step you yeah. through like the quick. I'd love so, it. So two years ago, we have this idea and it's music from the lab. And it's like, okay, this is going to be awesome. Uh, this is, we're going to start working on this platform. Um, we commissioned a company, a local company here in Tulsa to, to build it. And we, I mean, we're literally just green as you could i mean we, we've never built a platform we've you know it was the same company that built our website for our business but totally different sure. idea and so took a stab at it and honestly it wasn't even really the at the fault of the the company that was that was building it for us we just didn't even really know the ins and outs of what this was going to take and so reached a point where it was like, okay, we have something, but this is not going to work. Like this is, this is not going to be like what it needs to be long-term. And so we have to go back to the drawing board. So literally commission. How long in, in how long in, into? We were like process. a, we were like a year in. Year in, you get a website done and you say, it's not what I want. We're scrapping it. Yeah. Like, yeah. like literally and but but yet at that point we had such a better idea yeah. of like what we did want because we thought we knew what we wanted and then we tried to build it and was like oh that yeah that's not going to work because it won't be able to do this and this or whatever so we're going to have to build it this way and so um so we did gain a lot of clarity but it might have felt like a major setback um i never saw it that way personally actually really like it, keep in mind creative audio labs going all through this time. So we're still doing what we've always done. This is just the, this is the thing that's like the next thing that we're just, it's on the side, it's a side project and we're just continuing to like, you know, nacho chip away at it, you know? So, um, but all through this time period, like let's look at just say the last two years, I'm still searching for that purpose. I'm still like, ah, God, like going to work every day just doesn't feel like, what are we trying to do? We're just trying to get a, you know, 10 more custom scores, like, and we make some more money and we give to the church. Like, what are we doing? Um, what's the real purpose of it where it's going to affect people's lives and, and, and specifically us affecting people, um, not just us paying other people to affect people. Like, I really believe that every believer, every person, you know, um, it has a calling on their life and, and God wants to use you and your gifts. And so searching for that and just honestly uh, I became a worship pastor through that time period. So I'm like, I'm like dueling my time between yeah. worship pastor role and this, because I'm searching, I'm just literally trying to find like, God, what have you given me these gifts for? And what's their purpose? So and you're how old at this point in the um, story? This would have been within the last two years. So, well, in the two and a half years. So I would have been 30, 31 okay. right around here. So, um, so yeah, we're still pushing full force on music from the lab idea and creative audio lab as a company, but yet I'm back here in the back room kind of by myself, like asking God, like, Hey, you can literally destroy both these companies tomorrow if you want, because I don't like, I don't want any of my identity to be in these companies. I want to find something 
uh, I want to find that thing that you've called me to do. So if this isn't it, like, like close the door, like, like shut us down, do what you got to do because I, I just want to follow you. Like my, yeah. I was where my heart really began to, to turn. Yeah. And, um, and so, uh, you know, it, by God's grace, you know, you just keep going day at a day at a time, you just week at a time, you keep plugging away. And so, man, we really began to see just crazy favor on music from the lab. You know, obviously Creative Audio Lab's still going. It's a great company. Just these opportunities, these like just things that you couldn't do uh, like on your own, connections that were made with people that wanted to help you or or even informing the business. We, you know, we needed a specific team. We needed really talented people to come to the table and 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 bring uh, bring their skill to really build this thing. And so that team just kind of like miraculously kind of started to just form. It was wow. like, I just made the connections. It was like, this guy's totally going to do this part of it. This guy's going to be our web developer. He's a genius. He can build this thing literally from the ground up. Um, and all the pieces just felt started to fall in place. So it was kind of like, I was just, I was looking at it and going, okay, well, I, you know, God, you know, I've said to you that you can shut this thing down at any point, but it appears that there's some favor. It appears there's some stuff you're doing. So I'm just going to keep walking this out. Well, about six months ago, um, I feel like we're getting back to the, your original question, which yeah. is, which is how did you find the purpose? And do you feel like you have it now? Um, I felt like God began to, um, show me that he had put me in, in the place that, that he had put me in. He was building music from the lab and creative audio lab and, the whole purpose of that from the beginning was to reach artists. So, and, and I went to this, I heard this guy speak in uh, Colorado Springs. My brother-in-law lives there. And um, something he said that day was like, so it, he, he, you know, maybe nobody else in the room, it hit as hard as it hit me, but it hit me really hard. And it was basically, he just said, God will give you a natural strategy that will achieve a supernatural calling or a, a kingdom calling on your life. So, and I was like, Oh, that's like, <laughs> that's, that just made it so wow. clear. It was like, that's what music from the lab is. It's a, it's a strategy. It's a mechanism that God can use. And I began to see it as something that literally we could, um, you know, the more successful it became, the more artists would make money from it and the more they would be drawn to it because it's this, it's this money making, you know, uh, resource for them. Right. Uh, 50% of every license that comes in goes to the artist. So, um, you know, uh, it could, it, it could have this major draw to draw people close and them not really understanding at all what they're being drawn to. Yeah. And then, you know, he began to give me kind of these thoughts of like maybe having artists gatherings and some, some things that could happen, like where they could get invited to something where they don't really, they may think it's like a networking event or something, but it really has a kingdom, like heart of God purpose on that event for them to really meet, meet Jesus in a really, you know, sincere and genuine way. And, and something that literally you would not be able to connect to that person, you know, in that way, you know, maybe, maybe at all, maybe they've been burned by the church. Maybe they've been separated and, or they've seen hypocrisy. People have let them down. Christians have, have ruined really the name of Christ for them or whatever. And they, but through, through something that they weren't even expecting, God uses it to, to reconnect them. So that's that's like, like, and I mean, hopefully I kind of, you can, you can grasp the weight of that by just, um, for me personally and how transformative that was for me. Yeah. 
Um, but once I saw that, and I feel like I need, uh, the only thing I would say about that is if, if, if you're in a place and you're listening to this and, and you're looking for that purpose, you're looking for that passion, the only place that you can get that is by really pressing into your walk with God and just, just like, just, okay, there's all these things I got to handle, there's all this stuff, but, but just, I, I can't push on any of that until I know like what God has called me to do and what, what the spirit of God is telling me to do. And, and the Bible even says that says that, you know, that, um, the things that are, are, you're going to perceive, they come from the spirit of God and those can only be known by your spirit and like the spirit of God communing with your spirit. That's in Romans eight. Um, but so anyway, all that to say, um, now that I see it and I, I like, it's like the, I can see the, the glimmers of like the candle burning. It's yeah. like, oh my gosh, there's like this real purpose here. And it all, everything that we're doing plays into that purpose. So now it's super easy to push hard. It's super easy to go after and like, like use every single connection I have, use every relationship I've formed and unashamedly ask people for support unashamedly, like before where it would have felt self-serving or it would have felt like, uh, you know, you're somehow just trying to just drum up your own, you know, Oh, well, I just want to be successful or whatever. It's like, no, I'm, I, I have a purpose and something that was given to me from God that I know that's the, that's like what I'm doing for him. And I have no problem asking people for support, you know, like, and just pushing hard on that personally, like being driven, um, towards that goal, knowing that, that I'm achieving that purpose. So, yeah. Wow. (laughs) That's a long, (laughs) no, that is hugely, hugely helpful. Uh, even just for me, uh, I'm 27 and, um, you're, you're further along. I mean, obviously you got the studio, I mean, career wise, age wise, and this is just, I mean, that's, that's helpful. So thank you for that. Awesome. That's awesome. Okay. Uh, well, we don't have a ton more time. This has been an amazing conversation so far. Uh, just tell, tell everybody music from the lab. Yeah. What's, what, what can they find there? So, um, man, hopefully, you know, if you check it out, you'll find, um, a unique collection of music. I mean, stuff that when I say unique, it's not weird. It's very useful. Um, but hopefully it's, it's something that is uh, you can kind of sense uh, an artistry and maybe some sounds that you haven't heard before. Um, but the the library as a whole is very um, uh, um, promotion um, storytelling driven. So uh, commercial content, promotional content, and storytelling content. You're gonna you're gonna find a lot of what you're looking for if you're looking for stuff for those uh, those types of products. Um, but but yeah, I mean honestly, we're a smaller library right now we've got about 20 artists that are now consistently writing so we have we have a lot of new music that's coming uh, into the library even on a weekly basis um so stay tuned you know like give it a good sampling and then just just be on the lookout for new stuff um but yeah it's it's a collection of of about 20 artists and growing uh of of people that are kind of um handpicked by our team and really uh, people we've just connected with that have a heart for uh, collaboration, um, that have a heart for uh, obviously creating music, but but doing it in a way where where we're working together a little bit more than maybe uh, other libraries would would have. So hopefully, creating a product 
um, that is unique um, because it was created by multiple people working together, not just one person's ideas. Love it. Yeah. Love it. And and like I said, uh, I mean, I've been on the website. The, the website's phenomenal. It really is. Uh, it's excellent. Like, Nice work. I know you went through a couple different. Yeah. I mean, you you canned it and then rebuilt it from scratch. You were just telling me before we recorded you, you built it for you. This isn't a ton tons of plugins on a website. You built this website from scratch, not you. I would imagine. Right. But you yeah. had some. You can't take <laughs> you, ca- for you, that. you yeah. casted the vision and we you built it from scratch for for this purpose, and it works well. The interface is amazing. The music is amazing, uh, and uh, I can't highlight. I can't recommend it enough. So if you need music for anything, check out musicfromthelab.com. Uh, John, this has been an awesome conversation. If uh, if you're all right with it, I'd like to wrap up with a segment we call Rapid Fire. Quick, think fast, rapid fire, rapid fire. Basically, I'm going to ask you some questions, just some get-to-know-you questions, uh, just uh, fun stuff, just to, just to see what John Mitchell likes, what is he, uh, you know, what's he all about. So uh, real quick, favorite smell? Oh, man. <laughs> uh... Uh, mode grass. Really? <laughs> I just love the smell of grass mode. <laughs> Freshly mowed grass. Yeah. I do like that smell. Do you yeah. enjoy mowing grass yourself? I do. Okay. I don't do it a lot, but <laughs> I, I do. I grew up doing it. Are so. you a riding lawnmower man or a push mower? Push mower. Yeah. Okay. Solid push, uh, self-propelled. <laughs> <laughs> I have an electric push mower that I actually enjoy. A lot of people hate on the electric mowers. Yeah. But I don't like dealing with gasoline. So uh, yeah, it's I don't have to do the little prime pump thing and mess with that that whole thing. Okay, <clears throat> that's a uh, fresh fresh cut grass. I like that. Best album of all time in oh, your man. opinion? Uh, probably. Oh gosh, it's got to be Joshua Tree. Man, <laughs> it's just you just. I mean, anytime you go back to best album, yeah. And that's you too, for those of you yeah. who maybe aren't uh, aren't familiar with album names. Yeah, you too. <laughs> was that was that was that album like? I mean, was it formative on you in any way? Yeah, and I mean, honestly, seeing that seeing some of those songs perform live, I feel like were some really like memorable experiences in life for me, where it was yeah. just like it puts it in that top top category. Yeah. Wow. Uh, why do you love music? Man, that is a great question. I, music is. Uh, you communicate through music and, and it's, I think I love that about it. Like, I love that a song can make you feel something or it can, it can take you to a place that you weren't. So like if you were really, you know, uninspired, uh, uh, or, or you just felt bummed, you know, but like you start listening to a song that's really, uh, that you love that inspires you or something that gets you it, like, it can literally affect your emotions it can affect your soul just like a good movie just like um some some other um types of uh of of the way art communicates to people um i I love that i I love that it has that ability and honestly i love that it has the ability to carry a message um because because uh especially when it comes to you know a message that you believe in strongly like being able to to make that message have more weight in a moment for somebody is like not possible without, you know, music Wow, uh, or music helps that. Yeah. Uh, for happen. sure. So that's cool to me. For sure. Yeah. That's super awesome. Um, I know this, uh, considering our conversation, maybe this question isn't, an, isn't appropriate, but, uh, if you had something other, th- uh, if you, if you were doing something, if you had to do something other than what you're doing right now, 
like have you ever considered doing anything else uh what would it be <laughs> uh t-shirt shop in Maui maybe no <laughs> uh, I've literally oh, so I know good. I've like I've been to Hawaii about four times and every time I go over there about day five I'm like I think I could live here this yeah. is good um I've never been to Maui so maybe I'll put it on the, the old bucket list it's it's a great it's a great one to, to a definitely t-shirt shop like a kiosk maybe yeah or maybe like a scooter rental place or something it's <laughs> <laughs> living the beach life yeah <laughs> that's amazing I don't know if I've thought of anything else though that I would I would do maybe like just be some sort of go on missions trips all the time. I feel like that would be yeah. amazing. But, That's awesome. Yeah. John, this has really been an awesome conversation. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. If anyone wants to get in touch with you or Creative Audio Lab, how, how can they do that? Uh, you can email me, john at creativeaudiolab.com, uh, or you can go to our website, creativeaudiolab.com, musicfilmlab.com. If you hit up our contact form there, you can it'll come to us. So Awesome. John, thanks again for joining us today. Thanks, man. Great to be here. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us on the episode today. And John Mitchell, once again, thank you for coming on the show and sharing your vast pool of wisdom with us. Uh, you are a man, a myth, and a legend. We we respect you a ton and just want to say thanks again. That, thanks to all of you out there that are listening. Once again, we have breached the 30,000 download mark. Um, so fortunately, it is not just our mothers listening to these episodes, but there are many, many more of you out there in the Creative Sheep crew. I want to say thank you. And of course... You can follow us online on the social medias, as they say, at creative underscore sheep. Uh, Leave a review, share it with your friends, anything else you'd like to do, maybe send up a smoke signal. Just want to say thanks again for listening. You all are amazing. Roman, any closing thoughts for today? Yes. um, If ever you are in Tulsa, Oklahoma, hit me up and we'll have coffee. And now, if you're ever in Boston, Massachusetts, hit me up and we can have coffee. Well, maybe not coffee. Maybe just some water. I don't drink coffee. Uh, a smoothie? I do a smoothie. Don't you dare talk about what smoothie I drink. Don't you dare. You drink. He drinks a smoothie called, oh, uh, what is it called? Fluff? No, it's not called Fluffy something, what? Right? What? what is happening right now? Fluffy? <laughs> there's, I think there's a Smoothie King smoothie called Fluffy something. Oh, that that's I unfortunate. Drink you drink. You're What's gonna, it called? You're gonna make fun peaches of me and silk. for drinking peaches and called- silk when you drink a smoothie called Fluffy something. <laughs> I think it's called Strawberry Fluffy or something. I don't know. That's amazing, folks. Uh, this is uh, once again not a podcast about the weather, nor is it a podcast about smoothies. Uh, however, hit us up. Let us know what your favorite kind of smoothie is and how the weather is in your neck of the woods. See you next week. <laughs> See ya.